Four Midwest Guys presents... What is up, all my fellow movie bros? This morning was the big morning, and the Academy Award nominations were announced, and let me tell you, fellow bros, my mind is still spinning from all the nominations, all the surprises, all the snubs, all the records that were set. We'll get to those records just a little later. First, let's cover some of the big points and the big surprises. The biggest shock to me was the fact that what I thought was a surefire lock for Best Actress, Amy Adams for Arrival, was snubbed. That's right. Not only was she snubbed for one nomination in Arrival, but she also had a chance for the movie Nocturnal Animals, so that meant she had two high-profile films where she could have been nominated, one for Arrival, which got eight nominations. Get to that a little later. Very proud of the fact that a sci-fi film has got some good, strong, dramatic support behind it. I'm very happy, but that didn't stop it from getting shafted for both Best Actress and another surprise. The movie did not get nominated for Best Visual Effects. That's right. This year, we have zero movies nominated for Best Picture up for Visual Effects. Of the finalists, the Visual Effects branch proposed to us Arrival was the only one that had a strong possibility for Best Picture, and it didn't make the list. So, instead, what ended up getting a nomination? Well, a movie I thought was maybe a 6th or 7th chance with Deepwater Horizon managed to make the cut. I wasn't terribly surprised, but I was really surprised that it beat out Arrival for a visual effects nomination. So that means, I think this year is pretty up in the air. Moving on to another movie, which I'm surprised had a strong showing, let alone any showing at all, is the movie Passengers. That's right, the Chris Pratt, Jennifer Lawrence movie, which opened up, had an okay box office return, had some, well, had some less than favorable reviews, and if you actually break it down, is actually a very bad film, and somewhat misogynistic. So, I'm surprised that in this year, the movie actually got nominated not once, but twice. That's right, it snuck in for best score, Probably because of the fact that a very well-loved composer Thomas Newman did the score, and also was nominated for Best Production Design. That is a pretty good-looking production design. You know how the bro feels about good production design, especially about a good science fiction production design, so not going to fault it for getting nominated for sets. Unfortunately, just wish the sets were for a better film. Which brings us to our category with the next big surprise, and that is Best Director. Now, we had the ones that we were very sure was going to get nominated with movies like Damien Chazelle and La La Land and Barry Jenkins for Moonlight got nominations and the bro even correctly predicted Mr. Dennis Villeneuve to get nominated for Arrival probably to cap off the fact that his last three films have been so incredible but that left the other two pretty much a question mark. Now I thought Garth Davis for Lion was going to come out strong because of the fact that he had a Weinstein promotion behind him But in the last episode, I did hint that the Weinstein Company was having a bit of financial problems, so the showing for that film turned out pretty light, and that meant no directing nomination here. And I also thought Manchester by the Sea was not going to get nominated. Well, I was wrong there. Mr. Kenneth Lonergan did get a Best Director nomination over Lion. But the big surprise is not only for the fact that Martin Scorsese did not get nominated for Silence, but the fact that Mel Gibson is now an Oscar-nominated director again. That's right. We thought his career was over back in like 2007, 2006, but this nomination for Hacksaw Ridge and the reception for the film shows that pretty much 
This is like his welcome back nomination. So, welcome back, Mr. Lethal Weapon, Mr. Braveheart, Mr. Mad Max. It's good to have you back, and I'm glad to see you nominated for director. Always enjoyed your films. Moving on to another category of surprises, for your bro at least, and that was for best makeup. Now, I correctly predicted Star Trek Beyond to get nominated, but I was also heavily favoring Deadpool to be a makeup nominee as well because I thought the film had a lot of support behind it and ended up with a Producers Guild nomination. It was even a Golden Globe nominee for Best Comedy and Best Actor in a Comedy, so I thought it was kind of a shoe in Lo and behold, your bro was wrong there. The movie I thought was kind of on the cusp was going to either take the nomination away from Florence Foster Jenkins, The Man Called Ove, did get a bunch of support, it also got a foreign film nomination, and it's also nominated for Best Makeup, making it the only foreign film this year to come out with more than one nomination. So I forgot how big support was behind that. So, yeah, missed that one, sort of. But the big thing I missed out on was the third nomination, because I thought Florence Foster Jenkins was going to get nominated, and I completely read out Suicide Squad. That was a big mistake on the bros' part. I thought that maybe the CGI was going to cancel it out. They weren't going to see any of the makeup recognition. Turns out they did. So, our three makeup nominees were A Man Called Ove, Star Trek Beyond, and Suicide Squad, which the only one I called correctly was Star Trek Beyond because I thought the other nominees were going to be Deadpool or Florence Foster Jenkins. So, big mistake on the bros' part. Pretty ashamed of it. I'm going to definitely come back stronger next year and work out my, start flexing more of my makeup predicting muscles and see what I can go from there. And the other category that really surprised you, bro, was sound mixing. Not for the fact that I had a low prediction rate, I actually called four out of the five nominees, but it was that fifth nominee that I did not see coming, which was, well, I'll get to it in a second, because I correctly called Arrival, Hacksaw Ridge, La La Land, and Rogue One. So pretty proud of those four out of five predictions, but absolutely nobody had this fifth one on its radar, and that was 13 Hours, The Secret Soldiers of Benghazi, the Michael Bay-directed film, Yet again, surprises and gets another sound mixing nomination. He's always been kind of his films have always been kind of favored in this category. You've had surprise nominations for movies like Transformers: Revenge of the Fallen, which that was its only nomination, despite being the second highest grossing movie that year, one of the most expensive that year. You thought maybe effects or whatever, but I digress. But the point is, Michael Bay has always had a really strong showing in the sound mixing category, and I didn't expect to see it pop up here, especially because it had such an early release date. Didn't have too much behind it, wasn't really much of a critical darling, even though it was probably his best-reviewed movie of all time. But, lo and behold, there it is. We've got a Michael Bay film up in the Oscars again. It's up for sound mixing. Probably five out of five there, where it's probably fifth place. The other four definitely have a better chance. I mean, you've got another war film with Hacksaw Ridge. You guys all know how I feel about Hacksaw Ridge winning sound mixing. Mr. Kevin O'Connell is long overdue for that win. Moving on to my next surprise, which is in the Supporting Actor category. Again, not because I didn't predict as many. I actually called four out of five with Mahershala Ali, Jeff Bridges, Lucas Hedges, and Dev Patel all getting nominated. But I thought this was going to be Hugh Grant's year to get his first nomination for Florence Foster Jenkins. Guess it wasn't. That's right, Hugh Grant is still 0 for 0. But the big shock is the fact that Michael Shannon came through and got the only nomination for Nocturnal Animals. Again, Aaron Taylor Johnson got the Golden Globe, but Michael Shannon sneaks in and gets the supporting actor nomination from him, 
Again, reminding us that this is going to be one exciting year for Best Supporting Actor. I don't think we have any front runners. It's going to be really interesting to see where this award goes. I really can't wait to see it go from here. We're going to check out the Screen Actors Guild Awards next weekend, see what wins there. I cannot wait. Moving over to the other big shock, it's in the music category. And not just the fact that Passengers was nominated for Best Score, but the fact that a movie that was not even on the radar to get a nomination for Best Song got a nomination for Best Song, and that is The Empty Chair. Which, where did that come from? What? I mean, I've never even heard of the movie. The movie's called Jim, The James Foley Story. Probably need to look it up, because I probably sound like an idiot for not knowing what it is on this podcast, but I'm going to look it up and see what it's about. But the one thing I do know, which when I found out who wrote and performed it, Kind of made sense as to how it got nominated, and that is because it was performed by none other than multiple previous song nominee, Sting. So yes, that song is going to be pretty interesting in the sense that we're going to have Justin Timberlake performing Can't Stop the Feeling from Trolls, we're going to have that Moana song, we're going to have two songs from La La Land, and now we're going to have Sting performing at the Oscars. It's already shaping up to be more interesting than the songs performed last year. Hopefully. And to round out... The bro's final surprise is in the sound editing category. As I explained in yesterday's episode, it's the difference between sound mixing and sound editing is the fact that sound mixing is a balance of all the levels and all the elements, the sound effects, the dialogue, the music, all that to make sure everything sounds really crisp. You can understand everything. And the sound editing is all about the world building, all about the design, all about how it creates and uses sound effects to design the world around it. And for the life of me, I seriously cannot understand how the hell La La Land got a nomination for sound editing. Because there is not a whole lot of sound design required for that film. And it's the first musical to get nominated for sound design. That means they had movies like Moulin Rouge and Chicago and Dreamgirls and a bunch of really good musicals that probably would have made better choices for sound design nominated. They weren't, but this movie sneaks in. Why? Well, I'll tell you why. I think the only reason I could see why is they wanted La La Land to tie the record for most Oscar nominations. That's right, we have a new record this year. It's not a new record, but it's up there with All About Eve and Titanic for the most nominations for a film ever. So, when we think back on movie history, we're going to think about what was the most nominated movie. Well, it's All About Eve and Titanic, and now La La Land. I seriously don't think La La Land is going to age like those other two movies. Now, there's a lot of people out there, probably not a lot of fans of Titanic, that say, oh, we knew where it was going. Guess what? That's a historical movie. That's what happens. Or they're like, oh, love song, love story was too mushy. Or, oh, I was tired of that song. But here's the thing. In 97, it made sense to get nominated that many times because it was a technical achievement. It built an entire boat. It was a costume drama. It had all these elements going for it, and it was nominated in every technical category you could imagine, and it deserved the nominations. As far as like the other tier stuff, a lot of people forget wasn't even nominated for screenplay because that was kind of the Academy's way of recognizing, yeah, it's a great-looking movie, but we know the story's not so great. So, eh, no story. But La La Land, let me tell you, and I think... This might be something the bro's going to start doing this year, which is he's going to start giving a little bit more of his personal taste on the film. And I've seen La La Land, and i got to tell you, it's all right. It's not bad. I don't really get angry over it when I think about it. It's not like that awful movie, Extremely Loud and Incredibly Close, which 
I will save that rant for another time. If you guys want to talk to me about it, feel free to message me. I'll be glad to go into that rant. I'll make it another sideshow. But for right now, I'm going to tell you why I don't think La La Land deserved more than 12 or 13 nominations. Because, all right, let's consider this. Yeah, we knew one of the songs was going to get nominated. The audition song is a solid song. It gets to you the emotional core. It's perfectly fit in the film. And I really enjoyed it. That deserved a nomination. But as I said in the last show, City of Stars is boring. It is a very boring song. Structurally put together, it's boring. The way it's performed is forgettable. It is not a well-done song, and I think you could have easily taken it out for any of the other films, like Hidden Figures, which I expected to get nominated. I expected Pharrell Williams to get another nomination. Did not get a nomination there. In fact, Hidden Figures only went home with three nominations. So... I think that was a missed opportunity there because they want to nominate two songs from a musical. And then on top of that, costume design. Oh man, costume design. When you think of what is the great movie costumes of all time, you think of stuff like Ben-Hur, like Elizabeth. Hell, even like Titanic. Everyone remembers that big purple hat, right? Y'all remember Kate's big purple hat? That's a sign of a good costume designer right there. What costumes do you remember from La La Land? Something blue, something yellow, some dress that's yellow, some dress that's blue. That's it. It's modern. It really didn't have a whole lot going for it. It just had to be effective to have to allow the actors to, to, to dance. And that was it. it. It really didn't need to be nominated. I could see that it was going to get a nomination. I thought, hey, if it's going to be on a steamroller of nominations, yeah, it's going to get a nomination. And it did. And that's what happened. But sound effects, mm, that's what gets me. That's what gets your bro right there. Because let me tell you, there were three movies I had on the radar that could have been better choices, that built worlds so much better, that had so much more uniqueness and design. Those were, think about it. I mean, you had Doctor Strange. You had Rogue One. You had Jungle Book, which had to use original animal noises too. All of this took a lot more intricate design but because they wanted to tie the record, it snuck in there and beat out three other well-deserving movies. And for the life of me, I cannot understand it. And I do not think this is a good nomination. I really think this shows that the Academy really looks at every nomination that they have and decide what makes the cut. So this definitely is a sign that, guys, the Academy knows what they're doing with their nominations. They know what they want to break records or tie records or get up there. They know what is going to look good on an article and say, hey, 10, 10 nominations. Because that double-digit nomination is always a good thing to show off. <sighs> yeah, this gets your bro. Because, yeah, I expected a musical about the Hollywood system to pretty much be the film. I mean, we knew it was going to be the film. But... Seven Golden Globes doesn't just tie the award at the Golden Globes. It broke it. So that is now the most winning Golden Globe film out there. So when we look back 20, 30 years from now, we have other musicals that come out, other musicals that break the trend and start some new waves. Are we really going to look at this film and think, hey, this was what deserved it? No. Why? Because it feels good right now. Because, and I can understand that. 2016... 2016 was a pretty rough year for a lot of people. Won't go into it again, but maybe a lot of people felt that they needed to feel better or that they wanted something good. But no, I don't think that's what the case is here. I think the case is that Hollywood saw a movie about themselves and they loved it. Now, typically, 
Your bro gets excited about these kind of things, but then other times he gets upset because he sees other well-deserving films get passed up for nominations because of steamrolls like this, and this is the kind of film that really makes it seem like Hollywood is only interested in stories about themselves. Yeah, we all kind of knew that. It's about as much as we know that Hollywood gets political. So, yeah, I shouldn't be surprised. Still doesn't make take the sting out any less. I still don't think it deserved 14 nominations. I think Amy Adams in Arrival was a better actress than Emma Stone was in La La Land. And I don't think the screenplay should be up. I don't think the song should be up. And I definitely don't think the score should be up because, I'm sorry, in a musical, it should have great music. It should be the thing that stands out. And instead, this movie had some pretty limp music that you don't recognize. And when you listen to it, you don't really hear the lyrics. And when you find out what the lyrics are, you're like, okay, fine, it did its job. But then that makes you realize that the mixing was even worse. Because you can't, because the music is blaring over the lyrics. You can't hear them at all. So yeah, I want to take it out of the sound mixing category too. So yeah, 14 nominations. And I can tell you there's about a handful right now that it did not deserve to get up there for. So I apologize. Bit of a rant on the movies. But your bro thought this might change some new ground. See what y'all think. What do you think about my personal opinions? I'm sure there's a lot of you that like La La Land. I can definitely tell that because of all the uh, IMDB ratings right now. It's pretty high up there. Really think you ought to reconsider that when you think of what a musical is. But I want to get that out there. So it's not a bad film, but I think it's going to age like The Artist. You all know how I feel about that. Five years later, do you remember anything about The Artist other than the fact that it was a black and white silent film? No? That's why. It was gimmicky, forgettable. That's probably what's going to happen this year. But then again, it's also a reminder that sometimes what wins doesn't always age well. It becomes a placeholder for the times. And that might be what happens this year. So, now that I've gone off on my rant, now that I've covered up all the surprises and all that, your bro's going to break down how many he got right. Of the 97 possible categories that I was predicting, I got 75 right, which means I got a 77% accuracy rating. Now, most people look at you and say, hey, that's three-fourths correct. That's a little better than three-fourths. But you know your bro, when he goes to the gym, Three-fourths is not good enough. You go 100% you go, or you just go home. So, you know what that's going to mean? It means next year, I'm going to keep my ear and eyes to the grindstone of the Hollywood system. I'm going to get a better feeling. I'm going to put my personal feelings on movies aside. I'm going to get that prediction rating up there. And you know what? Your bro is going to make a comeback. He's going to be even stronger next year in his predictions. That I promise to both you as well as myself. Well, that about covers all the surprises this year. Your bro's going to take a little rest from all the reps he's done. And he's going to keep his ears and eyes to the grindstone again. He's going to see how these award season play out with the next Guild Awards. Screen Actors Guilds are coming up. Producers Guild, Directors Guild, and all that. And we got about a month before the big night. And your bro is going to be making his predictions from these lists. And hopefully, does a little bit better than 77% this time. Well, thank you all for joining me again. You can reach out to me at the 4 Midwest Guys website. You can send them a message. You can post on my wall. Until then, the broken knee is closed!